Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast. Grab it quick news. This is season four. And as always, a big thanks to everyone who's listening. Huge shout out to my friends who are writing me. Is it me or did like this year slowly go by? And you know what's weird? Only us right now will get that I said that, that it's slowly going by. It's going by slowly, but it's all slow going quick. You know what I mean? Like we've all been huddled in our homes, but the time has seemed to flown by. So November was filled to the brim with activities as well as Thanksgiving and all the Christmas shopping that starts with that. A big reason I am so adamant about people taking time to reflect and be thankful in November is because that reflection and gratitude can softly carry you into the next month. So trust me, you're going to need it. So we are in the beginning of this month, which is December. And December brings with it winter and the magic of winter, the season of positive, gracious vibes, a month to give thanks and to be thankful indeed. So, all right, let's get started. A gentle reminder, if you are not 18 or older, you should not be listening to this without your parents' consent. Let's get it. So like my last episode, I'm going to do this one a little differently. I'm going to be talking about a story that is close to my heart. It is called Swope USA, S-W-O-P-U-S-A. The Swope stands for Sex Workers Outreach Project in the United States of America. So I enjoy talking about this because I feel like The more we talk about it, the more traction it will get. And the more traction it will get, the more mainstream media coverage will get. And the more mainstream media coverage will get, the less stigma um, we'll have around it. So Sex Workers Outreach Project USA, it is a national social justice network dedicated to the fundamental human rights of people involved in the sex trade and their communities. It focuses on ending violence and stigma through education and advocacy. On the national level, SWOPE helps build stronger communities and a stronger movement through technical assistance, funding, and direct support and advocacy. On a local level, their chapters address structural, cultural, and interpersonal violence individuals in the sex trade face by working to change attitudes, change policies, and to create alternative community-led systems of support. The Sex Worker Outreach Project was founded in 2003 in the Bay Area, with its first major action being the Coordination of International Day to End Violence Against Sex Workers, which is a global vigil that continues to be a cornerstone of SWOPE's awareness-raising work. Since its founding, hundreds of individual activists have engaged in local SWOPE chapters and national projects geared towards educating the public and policymakers on the direct and institutional harms committed against sex workers and their communities. SWOPE promotes decriminalization as the best means of decreasing harm and promoting agency among people in the sex trade. SWOPE adopts the principles and practices of nonviolent action in order to reduce violence and achieve dignity and rights for sex workers. SWOPE is committed to the respect, 
the safety, and the autonomy of all sex workers, and it seeks to amplify the voices of those who are often left out of discourse around the issues we address collectively as a social justice movement. What they do, the commu- they have a community support line which operates volunteer staffed. It's a warm line where current and former sex workers, as well as activists and other people who are seeking peer support can access direct support. You can call the number, which is 877-776-2004. We also have media where Swope responds to pressing news items affecting our sex worker communities by issuing press releases and statements. We connect local and national media contacts with members of our Swope network to speak to issues affecting sex workers today. Swopes maintains active social media, circulate toolkits, and broadcast webinars to educate the public and increase the capacity of sex workers' rights advocates. To see our media impact, you should click Swopes USA Advocacy link. On a national level, Swopes has developed and are acting upon their 2016 through 2018 advocacy agenda, which was a document that outlines priorities set by by the local chapters. Swopes helps to facilitate interorganization research, campaigns, and projects. Swopes support local advocacy efforts by providing resources, funding, signal boosting, and making connections with people engaged in similar work in other parts of the country. Swopes funding is offering fiscal sponsorship to their chapters and other local sex worker-led initiatives. Mentoring and leadership development is also available. They mentor and provide support to new organizers and initiatives directly and through online resources and peer-to-peer discussions. You can access SWOPE's resources, learn about starting a chapter or a project, and connect with them through their website, SWOPEUSA.com. Swope's shared infrastructure and communications is where they maintain media lists, website newsletters, and webinar software, as well as social media that chapters can utilize in their work to amplify the activism. In particular, they bottom line coordination of day-to-end violence against sex workers and help new chapters and grassroots projects access toolkits to coordinate responses and take action in their region. Every December 17th is end violence against sex workers day so help us in the stigma and decriminalization of sex work how by getting involved just become an educated ally go to swopesusa.com and just read up on it so i'm going to give you guys some sex worker statistics did you know that as a sex worker if i go anywhere in the world i have a 45 to 75 percent chance of experiencing sexual violence at some point in my career and a 32 to 55 percent chance of experiencing sexual violence in any given year of my life one in five police reports of sexual assault from any emergency room in america is filed by a sex worker the stigma increases the violence As a sex worker, I would not be protected by the rape shield law. As a sex worker, if I was to be raped, I would be ineligible for any rape victim compensation, any funds, or to receive any reduced amounts. The judges, the police, and jurors are often biased against sex workers. The majority of sex workers who report sexual violence are arrested when they report the violence, including trafficking to police.
Bodybuilder Married to Sex Dolls in Bizarre Wedding. This was written by Chris King, the 30th of November at 2.44. A Kazakhstan bodybuilder, Yuri Tokocho, has married his fiancée of 18 months, Margot, with the bride looking beautiful in her long white lacy wedding gown and bearded Yuri resplendent in his black dinner suit and bow tie in a traditional wedding ceremony. It was in front of dozens of specially invited guests, complete with the, di- the traditional first dance. Yuri taking Margot around the dance floor, embracing her tightly, a typical wedding day scenario, except for one thing. The bride is a synthetic sex doll that Yuri actually proposed to in December of 2019. In video footage of the wedding posted on social media by Yuri, you can hear him say, it's happened. To be continued, as Yuri and Margot's combined 140,000 followers watch him slip the ring on Margot's finger and kiss her passionately. Speaking about Margot, Yuri, who describes himself as, quote-unquote, a sexy maniac, claims she has a dirty personality and, quote-unquote, she swears, but there's a tender soul inside. Yuri says he first met Margot in a nightclub, rescuing her from unwanted attention, and since that meeting, he has fallen madly in love with her and even paid for Margot to have cosmetic surgery, labeling himself as a pansexual, meaning he can fall in love with a soul, an image, a character, or a person. He likes the process of sex itself, and gender, sexual orientation is not particularly important here. The COVID-19 pandemic has been stressful and isolating for many people. Gatherings during the upcoming holidays can be an opportunity to reconnect with family and friends. This holiday season, please consider how your holiday plans can be modified to reduce the spread of COVID-19 to keep your friends, family, and communities healthy and safe. Unfortunately, COVID-19 epidemic is worsening and a small household gatherings are an important con- contributor to the rise in COVID-19 cases. So the CDC is offering the following considerations to slow the spread of COVID-19 during small gatherings. These considerations are meant to supplement, not replace, any state, local, territorial, or tribal health and safety law, rule, or regulation with which all gatherings must comply. Considerations for small gatherings of family and friends, celebrating virtually or with members of your own household who are consistently taking measures to reduce the spread of COVID poses the low risk for this spread. Your household is anyone who currently lives and shares common spaces in your housing unit, such as your house or apartment. This can include family members as well as roommates or people who are unrelated to you. People who do not currently live in your housing unit, such as college students who are returning home from school for the holidays, should be considered part of different households. In-person gatherings that bring families together or friends from different households, including college students returning home, pose varying levels of risk. Organizers and attendees of larger events should consider the risk of the virus spread based on event sizes, number of attendees, and other factors, and take steps to reduce the possibility of infection 
There are several factors that contribute to the risk of getting and spreading COVID-19 at small in-person gatherings. In combination, these factors will create various amounts of risk. Community levels of COVID-19, higher increasing levels of COVID-19 cases in the gatherings location, as well as the areas where the attendees are coming from. They increase the risk of infection and spreading. So the family and friends should consider the number of COVID-19 cases in their community and in the community where they plan to celebrate when they decide whether to host or to attend a gathering. Information on the number of cases in the area can often be found on your local health department website. Exposure during travel, so airports, bus stations, train stations, public transport, gas stations, rest stops, are all places travelers can be exposed to the virus in the air and on surfaces. Location of the gathering, indoor gatherings, especially those with poor ventilation, for example, small enclosed spaces with no outside air pose more risk than outdoor gatherings. The duration of the gatherings. Gatherings that last longer pose more risk than short gatherings. Being within six feet of someone who has COVID for a cumulative of a total 15 minutes or more greatly increases the risk of becoming sick and require 14-day quarantine. The number of crowding of people at the gathering. Gatherings with more people pose more risk than gatherings with fewer people. So the CDC does not have a limit or recommend a specific number of attendees for the gathering. The size of a holiday gathering should be determined based on the ability of the attendees from the different households to be able to stay six feet, which is two arm lengths apart, wear masks, wash their hands, follow state, local, territorial or tribal health and safety laws, rules and regulations. So the behaviors of the attendees prior to the gathering, individuals who did not consistently adhere to this social distancing, mask wearing, hand washing, and other prevention behaviors are gonna pose way more risk than those who have consistently practiced these safety measures. Behaviors on attendees during the gathering, Gatherings with more safety measures in place, such as mask wearing, social distancing, hand washing, are going to pose less risk than gatherings where fewer or no preventative measures are being implemented. Use of alcohol or drugs can alter your judgment and make it more difficult to practice COVID-19 safety measures. So the following people should not attend in-person holiday gatherings. People with or who have been exposed to COVID. Do not host or participate in any in-person gatherings if you or anyone in your household has been diagnosed with COVID and has not met the criteria for when it is safe to be around others, has symptoms of COVID, is waiting for your COVID viral test results, may have been exposed to COVID by someone within the last 14 days, or is that an increased risk of severe illness from COVID? Do not host or attend gatherings with anyone who has COVID or has been exposed to someone with COVID in the last 14 days. People at increased risk for severe illness. If you are an older adult or a person with certain medical conditions who is at increased risk of severe illness from COVID or live or work with someone at increased risk of severe illness, you should avoid in-person gatherings with people who do not live in your household. Considerations for hosting or attending the gathering. If you will be hosting a gathering during the holiday season that brings people who live in different households together, just follow the CDC tips for hosting gatherings. If you will be attending a gathering that someone else is hosting, follow the CDC considerations for events and gatherings. Below, there are some really general considerations. Guests should be aware of these considerations and ask their hosts 
what mitigation measures will be in place during the gathering. So hosts should considering the following. So the host should check their COVID infection rates in the areas where attendees live um, based on their health department website, based on their current status to the pandemic, consider if it is safe to hold or attend the gathering on that proposed date. Um, the host should also consider to limit the number of attendees as much as possible to allow people from different households to remain at least six feet apart at all times. Guests should avoid direct contact, handshakes, hugs with another household. The host should consider um, hosting outdoors rather than indoors as much as possible. Even outdoors require guests to wear a mask when they're not eating or drinking. The host should consider avoiding holding the gathering in a crowded, poorly ventilated space with people who are not in their household. The host should also consider increasing the ventilation by opening the windows, the doors to the extent that it's safe and feasible based on the weather or by placing central air and heating on continuous circulation. Winter weather can be cold, wet, and unpredictable, and inclement weather makes it difficult to increase the ventilation by opening windows or to hold an event outdoors. So if you are setting up outdoors, the seating under a pop-up open air tent ensure the guests are still seated with physical distancing in mind. Enclosed four-wall tents will have less air circulation that than open air tents. If outdoor temperatures or weather forces you to put up the tent sidewalls, consider leaving one or more open or rolled up on the bottom of each sidewall to enhance the ventilation. Require guests to wear masks at gatherings that include people from different households. Everyone should wear a mask that covers both the mouth and the nose except when eating or drinking. It's also important to stay at least six feet away from people who are not in your household at all times. Um, hosts should encourage their guests to avoid singing or shouting, especially indoors. Keep the music levels down so people do not have to shout or speak loudly. Hosts should encourage the attendees to wash their hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds if the soap and water are not readily available. Um, the host should have hand sanitizer that contains at least 60% alcohol. The host should provide guest information about any COVID-19 safety guidelines and steps that will be in place at the gatherings to prevent the spread of the virus. The host should also be able to provide and or encourage their attendees to bring supplies to help everyone stay healthy. That includes extra masks, don't share or swap yours, hand sanitizer that contains 60% alcohol or more, tissue, bathrooms with enough hand soap and single-use towels. The host should also limit contact with um, commonly touched surfaces or shared items and have their guests do the same. The host should clean and disinfect the commonly touched surfaces and any shared items between the use when feasible and use EPA-approved um, disinfectant. Use touchless garbage cans if it's available. Use the gloves when removing the garbage bags or handling and disposing trash. Wash your hands after removing your gloves. Plan ahead. Ask your guests to um, avoid contact with people outside of their household for 14 days before coming to this gathering. Treat your pets as you would other family members. Do not let your pets interact with people outside of your household. The more of these prevention measures that you put in place, the safer your gathering will be. No one measure is enough to prevent the spread of COVID. Food and drinks at the small Holloway, 
holiday gatherings. Currently, there is no evidence to suggest that handling food or eating is associated with the direct spread of COVID. It is possible that a person can get COVID by touching a surface or object, including food, food packaging, or the utensils that have the virus on it and then touching their own mouth, nose, or possibly their eyes. However, this is not thought to be the main way that the virus is spread. Remember, it is always important to follow food safety practices to reduce the risk of illness from common foodborne germs. So you should encourage your guests to bring food and drinks for themselves and for members of their own household only. Avoid potluck style gatherings. I repeat, avoid potluck style gatherings. Wear a mask while preparing the food for or serving food to others who do not live in your household. All attendees should have a plan for where to store their mask while eating and drinking. Keep it in a dry breathable bag like a pair of mesh fabric bag to keep it clean before um, before or in between uses. Limit people going in and out of the areas where food is being prepared or handled, such as in the kitchen or around the grill. Have one person who is wearing a mask serve all the food so that multiple people are not handling the serving utensils. Use single-use options or identify one person to serve shareable options like salad dressing, food container, plates, utensils, condiments. Make sure everybody washes their hands with soap and water for 20 seconds before and after preparing, serving, and eating their food, and after taking out the trash. Use hand sanitizer as well that can contain at least 60% alcohol if soap and water are not available. Designate a space for guests to wash their hands after handling or eating food. Limit crowding in areas where food is served by having one person dispense food individually to plates, always keeping a minimum of six foot distance from the person whom they are serving. Avoid crowded buffet and drink stations. Change and launder linen items, seating covers, tablecloth, linen napkins immediately following the event. Offer no-touch trash cans for guests to easily throw away their food items. Wash dishes in the dishwasher or with hot soapy water immediately following the event. Travel and overnight stays. If you decide to travel, these are the safety measures during your trip to protect yourself and others. Wear a mask in the public setting, like on public and mass transportation at events and gatherings, and anywhere you will be around other people. Avoid close contact by staying at least six feet apart from anyone who is not from your household. Wash your hands often with soap and water. Avoid contact with anyone who is sick. Avoid touching your face, mask, nose, eyes, mouth. Travel increases the chances of getting and spreading the virus that causes COVID. Staying home is the best way to protect yourself and others. Our second letter is from a female in California. She writes, Dear Jessica, I am a sex worker. Everyone in my family knows I am a sex worker. They can be a little shady sometimes. I am visiting them for this holiday season. Do you have any advice for me? Well, my first advice to you is don't ever let the things your family say to you affect who you are. Because you know yourself and you know that whatever they're saying is shade, it's salt, it's not true. It's the first thing. Um, 
Also, I would say keep your conversation G-rated. Keep your conversation PG-rated. I think a lot of people, when they know that you are a sex worker, they automatically begin to project what they think you do if they were the sex worker. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody... Everybody's opinion is actually a reflection of themselves. So when someone tells me, oh, you a porn star, you a whore. So I automatically know, you know, I'm not like that. So I automatically have to go through my mind and go, well, you know, that's probably what they think if they became a porn star is that they would be a whore, right? So you always have to remember that people project an awful lot when they start speaking their opinions about someone else. So you want to not take anything they say personally and just if you need to do the the jinx monsoon water off a duck's back, water off a duck's back, water off a duck's back, then you say that mantra to yourself because you're a duck, your wings are waterproof and all their shit talk is water and you let it roll off your back and you keep swimming, right? So that's really what this is about. Holiday season is about spreading joy and love and positive vibes and sometimes we don't get that in return but if you can discern from the bullshit that they say and you know hey it's my family if you can come to grips with that's just how your family handles those issues then you can do pretty good and another thing don't just visit with that family as a sex worker, we make our own family. We make our own friends. We make our own way most of the time. So have a Christmas dinner with your family. And like I said, keep it PG, keep it G, laugh at all their boring civilian jokes <laughs> because we both know those civilian jokes are boring. You know, be nice, help mama with the turkey, help daddy pull out the beer or the scotch or whatever they got going on. Be cordial, be nice, keep it PG. You know what I'm saying? Just be classy, be cool, be calm and collected. Don't let them trigger you because guarantee they're going to do that because, hey, I want to see the sex worker entertain me. And I, so I'm going to trigger her. Don't let them ever, ever steal your peace of mind and, and joy. And that's a big thing with self-mastery is being able to control yourself and to be calm in a situation where you otherwise would not be. And unfortunately, Christmas time is one of those times where you're like, if this bitch says one more fucking thing to me, I'm going to come out of a bag on her. Don't do it. Again, classy, composed. We got this water off a duck's back. So again, have Christmas dinner with you, with that family, then have a Christmas dinner with your sex worker family. If you can't get to Christmas dinner, then start a sex worker group chat and you guys become a support system for the holidays. And hey, I just wanted to let you guys know I'm thinking of you and thinking of you and hey, I'm thinking about you too. And if you guys can get together and have a dinner, do it by all means. But don't ever let nobody make you feel ashamed of your hustle. You know what I'm saying? If they not paying your bills, pay them bitches no mind, right? So I want you to go. I want you to have a great time with your family, okay? Merry Christmas and thank you so much for the letter. This letter is from a male in Alabama. He writes, Dear Jessica, I am newly married to my African-American wife. 
Mm. We will be spending the holidays with both families. This Thanksgiving was very hard. My family voted for Trump, I should tell you, and they refused to acknowledge our marriage as anything legitimate. They also refuse to respect our wishes when we are there. We are bombarded by misleading TV and have to answer insulting questions. My question is, do you have any advice on how to deal with my racist white trash family during this time? <laughs> well, LMAO at my racist white trash family during this time. Oh my God, male from Alabama. Well, I want to say this. It seems like it's not just you and... You're not alone. I think that for the majority of people, um, whether you're black, white, I think this political environment has made it to where people want to talk about politics and they want to talk about it passionately and stand their ground, regardless if you want to hear it or not. So for me, Malin from Alabama, I think the question is, why are you visiting these people? And I think maybe you feel some type of familial obligation, but darling, you just got married to an African-American woman and this can't possibly be good for her mental health. And I would suspect that this isn't going to be good for y'all's relationship because I'm sure on the ride to y'all's hotel, because ain't no way in hell a respectable African-American woman is going to want to stay in a home with people who have spit this kind of vitriol. <laughs> so I'm sure you guys are having that you know moment of oh my god your your family they're so racist this is what you're from so you never believed you know it's a lot of um conversation so I would think that you know you would try to bombard it but I see that you are a good person and you're trying to make sure that she gets to know your family just like you're getting to know hers I always tell people this that Joe Biden is going to have four to eight years and he's going to be gone. President Trump, he's going to have four years and January 20th, 20th, his ass is out of there. So are you going to have that family? You know what I mean? Till January 20th, are you going to have that family forever? Unfortunately, you're going to have that family forever. So a big thing that I have tried to remind people of as this pandemic continues, as this political division continues, as we continue to see racial divisions, I continue to tell people that we have to live with each other as a neighbor and as a family member. And that's the number one thing you need to remember is that this is your family. And you may need to remind them of that, that President Trump is not paying their bills. President Trump is not going to come to Thanksgiving dinner and eat turkey with y'all. President Trump is not going to open no fucking presents at y'all's place. <laughs> but you are here and you guys are there. So if they don't want to hear that, then unfortunately, the next step and this is, you know, quite a few people, I would say about um, they've seen a rise in 20%, you know, 20% with divorced people where the politics are making people divorce, as well as a rise in people not visiting their family because of these political views. So maybe since you guys went for Thanksgiving and it was not, you know, as festive as you'd like, maybe this time we lay down ground rules. And if no one can respect those ground rules, then we dip out and we go.
Yeah, because this is the thing. You have a new wife. You guys are trying to start a family and you guys are building on a foundation. And that foundation is trust, love, honesty, and respect and a mutual understanding of each other. And guess what? She's gotten to meet your family. She knows exactly what they are, how they are. And until they can apologize for their behavior, because I don't think they realize that this kind of vitriol, it's aggressive. It's unattractive. You know, it's unattractive. It's aggressive. And it also is very off-putting for African-American people. I don't want to be trapped in a room with any Trump supporters. I don't know what they're going to do to me. You know what I mean? And your, your wife may feel that same way. So out of all of this, I would say always make sure that you check on your wife and make sure that she is okay. And then again, if you guys are going to venture out and do Christmas and then right turn around and we do New Year's, you need to set down some ground rules. And those ground rules are, hey, guys, we are here for you guys, but we can't deal with the Fox News in the background or the QAnon or whatever they're watching. We can't deal with the racist questions and they are racist. And if you need to give them a list of topics like this is what we want to talk about, then you do that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think that's something people need to know, especially during the holiday season. You guys need to set boundaries with your family. I don't want to talk about that because this is the holiday season and we keep pushing. You don't have to be aggressive with it. You can always just be like, hey, you know what? This isn't something that I, you know, I'm comfortable talking about next subject. And if they are, you know, a family, they're going to say, you know what? He's right. Let's move on. But for the most part, I think if you feel uncomfortable if she feels uncomfortable you guys don't have to go start your new tradition which is you guys having christmas together this is your first christmas together i assume where you guys are a married couple so you could it could go either way thank you so much for the letter This letter is a female from North Dakota writing, Dear Jessica, this pandemic is really getting to me. I find myself randomly crying whenever I think about how many people have passed away because of careless government actions. I have been self-quarantining since March. I'm very lucky to be able to work from home. My question is, is it normal for me to randomly cry whenever I think about the people who have passed away? woman in North Dakota that is perfectly normal I'm gonna say some things that I'm sure you guys have not heard or maybe you have it is perfectly normal to cry right now it is perfectly normal to feel down it is perfectly normal to feel like you are not on top of your game it's perfectly normal to feel like your schedule is out of whack it's perfectly normal to feel not normal The thing that you need to check on is if your self-care has started to decline. If you've stopped washing your hair, brushing your teeth, those kind of things, then you may need to seek professional help. But if when you think about all of the lives that could have been saved, had we had leadership in office to just say, wear this mask and you'll be okay, or 
to actually let us know when this hit because now studies have shown that this has been in our shores since December of 2019. That's an awfully long time to not be aware of something so dangerous. So female in North Dakota, you cry. You cry for the lives lost. You cry for your freedom. You cry for being a survivor. But don't ever feel ashamed for emotions. And I noticed in America, we get a little ashamed. Like we tell men, men, real men don't cry, which I hate. Men should be able to express their emotions because crying is a very cathartic feeling. Um, Crying doesn't necessarily mean that you're weak. Crying can mean that you're frustrated. I know when I'm frustrated, I cry. I don't yell. I don't cuss. I just cry. And I know a lot of people, when they feel helpless, they cry. A lot of people, when they feel sad, they cry. Crying has such a non-definitive meaning for everything that, you know, people cry out of happiness. People cry out of romance. You know what I'm saying? So don't ever feel like, oh my God, I'm crying. So I, I just, because crying is a natural human emotion. When We are empathetic to the pain of others, which is why we are put on this earth, to be empathetic to others, to share in the experience that is life. We will cry. It will move you to tears because how can someone be this callous? How can someone be this mean? This person was a was a father, a mother, a sister, a brother, an aunt, an uncle. You see what I'm saying? So yes, you have every right to shed those tears so don't ever the thing is if you don't stop shedding the tears if you cry non-stop then maybe we want to speak with someone I think the number one thing that people keep lying about is these damn masks I want everybody to admit right now that everybody has a snotty ass nose when they wear this mask I want everybody to admit it right now. Wearing a face mask is a pain in the ass because your nose runs and then you can't touch your nose. You're just in there. And then, oh my God, the Sahara Desert dry mouth. Let's be real. Yeah. And then let's keep going. You know what I mean? Let's just be real. Everybody is depressed. You know, everybody, 2020, you know, we have been brainwashed since high school to believe that 1999 we're partying like it's 1999 because the year 2000's coming and then we got oh my god we made it so now it's 2020 2020 what are we gonna do it's the future and then this pandemic hits and it's like oh shit we can't do anything we're in a pandemic oh my god what about my travel what about my brand what about this new book i was gonna write what about you see what i'm saying everybody feels that everybody is going to feel helpless and another thing is if you have already battled with these feelings unfortunately this situation is going to compress it even more upon you to make you feel like oh my god I'm even more depressed or I'm even more down so just remember that you're not alone everybody is feeling this and I think after this is all said and done we're all going to need some therapy because this is something that is a once in a lifetime thing I always tell people you know 30 years from now 40 years from now if if you know God willing I have grandkids you know this is going to be the scary story I tell them about you know grandma being stuck in the pandemic and we had to stay home all day 
all day, Grandma? All day, you know? So just remember, you know, we're not alone. And there is always, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. There's always a rainbow after it rains. And we're going to be okay. And there's nothing wrong with memorializing these people. Because guess what? They are Americans. We're Americans. And it's okay to be proud. It's okay to show empathy. So thank you so much for writing that letter. I hope it gets better for you. Our last and final letter comes from a female in Florida who writes, Dear Jessica, the holidays are coming up and I need suggestions for Christmas gifts that my man would like. I am in a fairly new relationship and I want this gift to be perfect. Thanks, Jessica. Well, you're welcome, female in Florida. The holidays are coming. So since this is a fairly new relationship, I am going to go ahead and say that you need to talk with your man first about gift giving. So I know you can say, Jessica, why? He my man. He know Christmas is coming. Girl, he don't know. Men are dumb like that. They don't know that they're supposed to be giving you a gift. And they don't know if they're supposed to be getting a gift. They really don't. They have no idea. So once you say, hey, babe, I want us to do gifts this, this Christmas. It's, you know, I think it'll be cute. He's going to say, okay, babe. Now you have to do a price range. If you are in college or if this is, this relationship is six months or or less I would say $20 you know limit if this is six months to a year then you can go to $50 um and I know you're gonna say well Jessica that's not very much but it is um the reason I don't say go higher than that is because I don't need anybody mad about buying your man a Rolex watch for y'all's first Christmas and he is showboating that Rolex watch on all his social media. I'm that I'm that cat. Yep, yep, yep. Look at me with this Rolex. DM me, ladies. And then you the one, I bought you that Rolex. Yeah, you see my point? So that's why you don't want to get expensive gifts at the very beginning of your relationship. Also, you don't want to give expensive gifts because it sets a precedent for men, right? Like men usually get gifts that remind them of you, whether that's, you know, $10 flowers or, you know, a little necklace that they saw. So let's say you get him this Rolex and he got you this $10 necklace. He's going to feel a little out of place. And you, let's be honest, you're going to be like, that's all you got? So that's why a price cap is so important when you're doing your first Christmas together. So that way, there's no no static, okay? So once you get your price range together, and that should be between $20 and $50, then you pick them out. You pick your gift out. So a lot of good male gifts that I have found... Um, really generally revolve around you being, you know, the love of their life. So you could get him some sexy lingerie for both of you to wear, whether that's some silk boxers for him and a nice little negligee for you or a chemise, then that's on you. Those both would be about the $20 mark. Um, you could also 
um, toast marshmallows with him, roast chestnuts, like make it a really fun, homey Christmas because you can make a romantic Christmas without actually having to spend money. So another thing is Amazon bestsellers list of adult toys. I'm going to say that again, Amazon's bestseller adult toy list. And you're like, Jessica, why would I need that? This is a new relationship. That's why you need it. (laughs) So it keeps the spice. And this list, it has over 600 different adult items. It has handcuffs, nipple clamps, honey dust, edible panties, vibrating eggs, massagers. It has all that stuff. And it's in a nice price range and you don't have to feel like you're spending a lot of money to have some fun with your spouse or your significant other and you'll look pretty boss doing that shit you know he'd be like oh shit bae really came for me for christmas another gift if you're like well i don't want to do that there's another gift that i recommend and i've bought it three times. I bought one for my nephew, nephew. I bought one for my father and I bought one for my older brother. It is called a man crate. And it is exactly what I said. They send your man's gift in a manly design crate and the price varies from $19 to $100 plus. So whether that's a whiskey appreciation crate or the NFL barware crate, they have all kinds of male design gifts that I am in love with and I continue to swear by them because they are just the best man gifts. Men are very easy once you know what they like. Um, So those are the two things that I would recommend. Also, want to throw that out there. This is y'all's first Christmas together. So you don't have to throw out all the bells and whistles sometimes all your significant other really wants is your eyes to light up when you talk to them when you see them and when you spend time together and in today's political climate how dark it seems and how dreary it seems I think it's very important for couples especially to let their love shine bright for one another let him know how much he means to you whether that means you have the first text message that he ever sent you and girl I know you do because we all do that (laughs) or the first card he got you the first gift the first event y'all went to Maybe even just make him a really nice picture book. You know what I'm saying? But the number one thing that I want everyone to get this holiday season is I want people to feel renewed by hope, joy, and most of all, love. And you being the one that he chose to be with and you chose to be with him, make sure that that's on your number one list is to love and to spread the love. And let him know that no matter what present he got you, that he is the best gift you could ever have for this Christmas season. Thank you so much for the letter. All right, everybody, you've made it to the end of my podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank my fabulous people who keep writing me. I want to thank my fabulous fans who keep leaving me voice messages. And I want to thank everybody so, so, so much. Season three. And for those of us who are scared and uncertain about these times, let's just stay loud. Let's stay proud. Let's stay positive. And always remember, I love you. 
So remember, be good or be good at it. Bye.